going? How is it going? Hi, welcome, Julia. We Thank are, you. We are all super excited to have you. And uh, yeah, we can't wait to see your face. Awesome. My, can you see it? My camera should be on. I think your camera is taking a while. Yeah, my internet's been a little bit slow to fall on it, I think. Yeah, we can we can see your beautiful picture on the uh, screen, but we, we are just waiting for your camera to get switched on. Okay, well, it is switched on, so maybe we can just start and eventually it'll catch up to okay. the so we can start. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, Julia, so I just want to welcome you to our program, to our 21-day leadership program. And uh, yeah, I'm unmuting Julia. Everybody else is muted. Yep. So Julia, I uh, warmly welcome you to our program. And many of us here are new to access Thank consciousness you. or some of us are new to any of the, you know, training and therapy programs in itself. And uh, it's been like uh, nine days. Today is day 10. So you are a special guest for day 10. And uh, yeah, this is us. And now for a short introduction about Julia. I would like to tell all of you guys, so everybody here on the call, I would like to tell you guys that she is my favorite, favorite trainer. And uh, last year, you know, uh, so Julia is from Canada. For all of those who don't know, Julia is from Canada. And uh, she's been an Access Consciousness Certified Facilitator for how long, Julia? How long, Julia? <laughs> Are you there? Uh, I guess nine years. Okay. Nine years. Okay, so she's been she's been doing this work for Sorry, nine my years. Okay, so yep. So she's been doing this work for the last nine years, and she's been helping people to change their lives, helping people to improve their financial situations, and you know have a better life. So we warmly welcome you to this program. Uh, thank you, Julia. So can you, on that note, can you tell us a little Thank bit you about so yourself? Would you like, what would you like to tell us about you? What can we know about you? Um, no, I, uh, I, for a friend in the world, I, I study different religions. I studied different books. I studied Zen Buddhism. I studied uh, Christianity. I studied Deepak um, Chopra, Eckhart Tolle, you name it, Reiki. And I was like, there's got to be a way to have consciousness. And at that time I called it enlightenment. And I, I was just like, if, if there's a possibility to be happy, you know, what would it take for me to find that? That was the only thing that was of any interest to me. Um, when I was 12 years old, my aunt bought me my first set of tarot cards. And my mother, who uh, was a seamstress, sewed me uh, a small black satin mat with like little gold stars on it. And I would sit on my satin black mat and I would read my tarot cards. And I was just like, just looking for any whispers of magic or brilliant. 
hands. I just, through every pore of my body and being, wanted to be the magic that was hidden and somewhere far, far away. And I don't even know if I would have described it that, that way at the time, but I was just looking for something. I, I wanted the, the mystery and the magic and the, the, the greatness and the adventure that I knew life could be. And, uh, and I was just willing to do whatever it took to, to find it. And, and then uh, when I was in, in university, I, was, I took a degree in sociology and I found the tools of access consciousness. My mother sent them to me. And uh, there's a joke about my mom. She's, she's a very supportive mother. And, and we joke, if I wanted to work in a fast food restaurant, she would be there with my, she would make sure I had the nicest apron, the nicest hat, the nicest burger flipper. Or if I wanted to be the president, <laughs> she'd be there and she just supports me in anything I want to do, whether it's making my little mat for tarot cards or she sent me the access consciousness. And, um, and it was a radio show. And on the radio show, um, the facilitator talked about how what is true makes you feel lighter and what is a lie makes you feel heavier and i was like you could work out everything that way that just make takes out all the difficulty in life and uh it didn't exactly work out that way immediately i kept the difficulty um <laughs> but it was just it was just such a wonderful and fascinating adventure and and uh, I became a certified facilitator very quickly because I I thought gosh dang if this can help me so dynamically if it can bring this much adventure I mean my first few years in access I started I, I saved up this money from working at a golf course and sometimes they would I would make two hundred dollars in tips in a day or some days I made $500 in tips and I didn't really have much to spend my money on. So I just saved it and saved it and saved it and saved it. And I had $30,000 saved up to go become a certified facilitator. It was just sitting in my bank account. And, and I was just so grateful to myself, you know, the universe supported me and, and I had that money. So I, I went off very quickly and, and, and the adventure of taking all the classes to become a certified facilitator and, and reading the money workbook. I, you know, I started, I read the money workbook, my friend, which you're not supposed to do this, but my friend photocopied the whole money workbook for me in her Xerox machine. And she brought it over to my apartment in the city. And, and she said, here's the, the money workbook. And so I started reading these, these Xerox pages. And then eventually I got my own workbook. And, uh, and, and now I've read the workbook. I think I'm like on 66 times or something like that. And it's just, I mean, I've been, I've been reading it, you know, on and off for the better part of a decade. And, and it was just like, I have to do this. I have to make my life the adventure that it should be. And, and, uh, and so, so I did. And, and that's what I want, uh, you know, other people to have, you know, in, in the Salon de Femmes, Gary says, women are the warriors of a different future. And men want everything to be wonderful and comfortable and cozy and nice. And, uh, 
And I just think that's so beautiful because, you know, when we have clarity on what makes us happy and what actually works for us, everything just works better. You know, I wanted to be a warrior. I wanted to go out with my sword on my boat with the mermaid in the front, like a pirate going out and adventuring in the world. I just, I had to. And, and, and if I didn't, I know I would have committed suicide by now because anything less than that was just unacceptable to me. It was just the level of depression when I was doing anything less than total adventure was just unbearable. So, you know, and, and each of, each of you listening will have a very different way, you know, that you hear the story or that you, you see adventure. And, and that's the wonderful thing is like, what is adventure for you? But, you know, access is about happiness. It's about creation. It's about, it's about wealth. It's about what it is. And it isn't about wealth. It's more like the wealth of adding things to your life. You know, it's not about your bank account. It's like when Gary Douglas says, what can I add to my life? He's actually, you know, I've looked at that differently recently and I'm like, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't mean like what new project. I mean, he does, you know, but he doesn't mean like what new projects or what this, it's like, what is the, what is the, what are the things that you have in your life that you're committed to that will always be there to support you, you know, energetically. It's like, you know, maybe for some of you, you have really kind staff members, or for some of you, you have, you know, a child who really, really cares about you, or maybe some of you have money, or maybe some of you have this wealth of consciousness and, and this knowing that you can have a greater future, or, or some of you have some good antiques and some of you might have uh, a, a flourishing business. Uh, but it's like, you've got to look at the things that are already supporting you, not what else do I have to have? What each of you has something, even if you were totally, and I know none of you are, but if, even if you were totally homeless on the street um, and maybe some of you are who knows who knows who's out there listening or who's going <laughs> to listen in the future but it's like even if you're out there on the street you still have things that support you and have your back you just have to look at what they are and when you look at what they are that you know you'll receive like for me I have and trust me I've tried to destroy these things we tend to try to destroy these things rather than commit to them but I tried to destroy my marriage and I tried to destroy my money and I sabotaged my business and I was mean to my friends in, in, in really uh, subtle ways that they didn't even probably realize I was gaslighting them. And I did this and I did everything I could to destroy all of these things. Um, and sometimes I, I, you know, and I still do in a lot of areas, you know, there's a lot of areas where I'm like, fuck, I just like come on or I have times where it works really well and then I destroy it and sabotage it and it's just really annoying but it's like also you know you know we we have these things that are such a gift to us and 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 when we commit to them it's like more of that shows up you know when he says when Gary Douglas says what can I add to my life it's like 
you know, it's almost like asking, what can I add to my, to my net wealth? What can I add to my fortune? But your fortune isn't just your money, your antiques, your jewelry, your cash, your whatever. It's also the people you touch, the people who will be there for you, the people that you honor. You know, people are only going to really be there for you if you honor them. You know, you have to take care of the people who take care of you. And, and so it's like, and you, and you know, we fuck up and then we just get back and do it again. But it's like, like, I mean, if you look at Gary Douglas's life, he is such a great example of what can I add to my life? Because he, and he does this in a, in a wonderful big way and he keeps adding, but he has horses. He has an antique shop. He has all of these people who have nothing but gratitude for him all over the world. There's thousands and hundreds of thousands at this time, people who know of him, who are grateful for him, who contribute to his life. He has wonderful Dane. Dane has wonderful Gary. It's like he has, he has his daughters. He has, you know, it's like the, he has all of these things that are a part of his net wealth his, 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 his wealth and his fortune. And he doesn't just look at, Oh, I only have, I mean, trust me, the guy spends money like so quickly that if he looked at just what was in his cash bank account (laughs) and he thought that that was his, his success, he probably wouldn't be, you know, thinking he was successful all that time, but then he uses that cash money to create more and create more and create more and he saves 10%. Your 10% account as you build it is, is something that even though you don't spend it, it's like, whoa, I have so many rupees sitting there. I have so many dollars. I have so many reals. It's like, wow, holy fuck. How I have, you know, what, whether it's a little bit of money or a lot, it's like, whoa, I have that. That contributes to me. How did I get so lucky? Not, I don't have enough. You know, it's like, it's like, these are the things that will support you on the adventure of your life. So different way of looking at it. Sorry, Sanjeev, I've talked your ear off, but I just got kind of excited there. No, 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 no. If we could just hear you all night and all day, that was brilliant. Thank you for that. So you spoke about, you spoke about how your journey started. You're so welcome. You spoke about how your journey started with just that seeking for something else. And then you started out with that tarot cards and that satin, uh, you know, cloth. And you had your mom supporting you all through. Like, even if you ran for presidential elections, you, you said that your mom would be out there cheering for you. Right? That was, a yes. pres- that was amazing. And that also is your creation, isn't it? Yes. Yes. That's, you- a, that's another thing. That's part of my, the wealth of my life. Wealth of your life. That was brilliant. And then you spoke about how, how you were exploring Reiki. And you know what? Hi-Fi, I, I had the same journey too. Like I started with Reiki, I started with tarot cards. And then I got into all of this, you know, therapies and training and everything. It's been brilliant. And then you said about how, you, how Axis found you. And incidentally, somebody gives you a Xerox copy of the money workbook. And you sincerely read the whole money workbook. You get into the Axis world. And within a short span of time, you become a certified facilitator. You, you create the wealth for it. You go to golf courses, get the tip, you know, save that money, save that money, save that money, create the money to go to your certified facilitator's training, become a certified access consciousness trainer. And then you 
you a student of sociology what i love about you is the way you put things the way you study gary douglas i have not heard anybody else speak of gary douglas i do i do i study that's a really good way of putting that sanjeev i study gary douglas because he functions not in the reality that we live in necessarily he functions in a different reality so i study every way that he functions because that's the reality i want to live in you know something. and when he facilitates he facilitates from that other reality he doesn't facilitate us from this reality and that's super cool and that is something i love about you that is something i adore and admire about you and that is something that i would like to incorporate in my life too the way you study the people right the way you study them the way you look at okay what can i what can i learn from them what can i incorporate into my life the question that you you gave us what can i add to my life and when you spoke about wealth you said that wealth is not just the money in your bank wealth is the wealth of people in your life the wealth of choice that you have the wealth of contribution that you be to the world you know gary is not in the forbes fortune 500 access may not right now be in the fortune 500 companies by forbes magazine but definitely bill gates hasn't empowered every home the way gary has in a way touched hearts i know we are very very grateful to bill gates we are very very grateful to elon musk and super successful people yes yeah. and their way of philanthropic return to the society is different and the way gary is doing it he may not be the richest man but he's definitely rich in the hearts of people and that is wealth from what you said that's yeah. what i got is true wealth is the abundance of choice and true wealth is the amount of people that are grateful to you the number of people that are gra- yeah. grateful to you adds to your wealth isn't it oh very much i mean that flow of gratitude makes the whole universe have the ability to contribute to you in a way bigger way and and it's also this willingness to um you know to to choose sort of aggressively i was talking with my i'm in saudi arabia i i wasn't able to leave before the airport's closed down and i'm staying with a wonderful family and and just having the time of my life and uh, and 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 learning you know about a culture that i didn't really know anything about you know i've been to india a lot you know a lot about you know the cultures the religions the food the smells the everything i've been to some of the cities and you know and 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 the middle east i didn't really know anything about and i've been asking to learn more about it just asking the universe and and now here i am living in a saudi arabian household for a month now and 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 learning the prayers and the cultures and the religions and the way that the arabic food and the and the way that that people party and do things and create their lives and and the rules and what it's like to live in a kingdom rather than a democracy and it's just fascinating and and anyways i was talking to my friend um who i'm staying with yeah and uh, we were on a story about you know choosing things and an hour and 20 minute drive away and i remember i was maybe team so sick. and i wanted to go to the hour and minutes away 
So I go to my car. So sick, I could barely keep my eyes open. I go to the car. I drove half the way, maybe 45 minutes. I pulled over on the side of the road and I slept. And then I drove the rest of the way. And I went to the, and then I got to my friend's house and I, what's that? I said, you've got to be kidding me. I was insane. I mean, what was I even doing? So, so I was laying, but I was choosing. So, so I was laying down. So I got to my friend's house in the, in the city and I laid down in her bed and I was exhausted and I was sick. And I started drinking alcohol. (laughs) Suddenly the sickness didn't really. to this party and I think we, we were out at this party till about three o'clock in the morning and then we came home and we had more of a party and then I went to sleep and the next day I wasn't sick anymore. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> but I just wanted to go to the party. Nobody, they were not having this party without me. It was in a big, it was in a big stadium. It was called Son of a Beach. So it was a beach party in the middle of winter, in the snow in Canada. It was sort of a joke, you know, to have this beach party in the middle of the snow in the winter. And I was like, I'm going to the party. And so I went and I, 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 and the next day I was totally fine. I wasn't by sick at all. By your choice of going, by, by you making a choice that no matter what, I'm going for this party, your sickness disappeared. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and it was like, I was like, that's, it's, it's an interesting example because it's like, it's like, it's the willingness to do or be whatever you want to do or be and not make that's it wrong. right there. That's right. That tiny, beautiful, fun example right there itself is, is illustrating the power of choice, isn't it? You make a choice, you create it. Yes. It can yes. be that easy. Yes. And it can be that easy. Like, was it like, it's this, like, we get more confused in these other areas, like relationship, money, business, because they're so significant to us. But it's like me going to a party as a 17 year old. I was just like, there's no way that I'm not going to this party. I have to go to this party. So it was like, and I contemplated, I did, I did go, Oh, maybe I won't go. Maybe I will go. And then I just went, you know what? I'm going to the party. And I got in the car. I almost fell asleep at the wheel. I couldn't make it anymore. So I slept and then I continued on. And it was just, it, yeah, it's like, it's the willingness to, to really want to do what you're doing though, too. You know, so many of us will go sort of like, oh, I should have a business or, you know, I want to get married or this or this or this, but it's like the energy is not really there. So it's like the, you know, when you, when you are dry, let's just say it's the party situation when you're driving down the road and, and let's just say, instead of wanting to go to this beach party in the middle of Canadian winter, let's just say you wanted to, to get married, but you didn't really want to get married. So it's like, you're, you're driving down the road to the beach party and then you have to fall asleep and you're like, fuck it. I'm just going to sit here. I'm just going to sit in this car forever. or I'm going to turn the car around or should I even be going to this beach party? Or, you know, does this beach party, how is this creating my future? All of that. That's just insanity. It's just about, I'm choosing it. Do I really want to choose it? Okay. I'm going to choose it. I'm going to go do it. That's it. Boom. Done. Bam. Wow. You know, and, and, and most of our choices have, the difficult choices, have so much significance um, flooded through them that the significance just turns everything into, into, into mud and it's wow. just a disaster. So if, 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 if I got you right, when you don't have significance in some area of your life, 
that area of your life can change with a lot of ease, isn't it? Yes, exactly. And one of the most insignificant, one of the men who, who make things very insignificant is Gary Douglas. Yes. Would you like to, what can you tell us about Gary Douglas, the founder of Access Consciousness that, that we don't conventionally know of? Like from what you have studied of the man, what can you tell us? <laughs> oh, good heavens. Well, um, I mean, it's, 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 okay. uh, Since you're a sociology a major, okay. I, I have a, I have a <laughs> question for you that I can't ask other people. See, you know, you in sociology, in so, see, I love sociology and anthropology. Okay. Even though I'm a doctor, I study other things, including the law and stuff. And one of the things that I love to study is sociology, how movements take place. And I was just studying the, how Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi, you know, the father of India, uh, how he, how he created the Satyagraha civil disobedience movement. So it was a movement, right? Any mass movement requires leadership and it requires something that the leader appeals to in people. So how is Access Consciousness as a movement going to, like how the hell did it reach 176 countries today? Yeah. And how did this man, how did this man called Gary Douglas inspire so many people? So it's, if, if you look at it from a sociology perspective, don't you think it's a, it's a movement? Is, don't you think it's a consciousness movement, so to speak? Well, because there's a different reality available. Like this reality, the way we live it now, is not really our best choice. There's other choices of other realities. And so people, like each of you chose to come on this call because you perceived an energy that you wanted, that you were going to have that you were like, I'm going to have that energy of that other reality. And even though people, a lot of people aren't cognitively understanding why they're doing access, you know, it, it, it does make their life better and easier even within this reality. So that's fantastic. I mean, great. But it's like, it's like the, the appeal is, is he and Dane have access to a different reality and they live as a different reality. So, Julia, that is it, is it, is it people, Sorry to it interrupt you. pulls people. Okay, yeah. that's the pull. That's the pull. The, so, my question was, is it a fundamental need of every, every person to, you know, be a seeker? Is everybody actually a seeker? Or is well, it like, you know, what, what, what's the pull? What is it that pulls people? So, is that... Is that the need to know that something else exists to explore higher possibilities. Is that a fundamental need in every human being? No, no. <laughs> okay. Definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely not. So no, is, is it it's just, not. Is it just it's, one crazy segment of the population? Well, it's like, it's the humanoids. It's the, it's the people and the strong ones. Cause this stuff's new. I mean, Access is, is years ahead of its time. I mean, I was watching the, their Netflix has a documentary on Freud. Yep. I was, right you won't believe it. I just posted it on my groups today. Like I was just started. To oh, watch it. Did you like it? Very good. Yeah. I just watched the first half an hour. It, honestly, it wasn't that it, I couldn't get into the storyline, yeah. but I watched the first episode. Well, maybe the, not the whole first episode, but it was fascinating because because Freud was addicted to cocaine. 
They don't fucking tell you that in psychology class. I didn't know that he was on cocaine. Did you know that he was on cocaine? Yeah, I knew he smoked the cigar all the time. I knew Sigmund Freud was smoking the cigar. And you know, in the psychoanalytic theory of the mind, uh, well, in a couple of psychology classes that I took, we asked this question, right? So, you know, Freud connects every symbolism to something sexual. So it's more than psychoanalytic theory. It should be called the psychosexual theory. Because anything, you know... You know, uh, um, you know, there's this joke like uh, a man walks into a bar where Sigmund Freud is a bartender and Sigmund Freud begins a conversation by saying, your mom. <laughs> <laughs> according, to yeah. psycho, according to psychoanalysis, everything is about your mom. Everything. Yeah. He brings it down to, to that. And then he says, everything is a sexual organ symbolism. Like if I, if I, if I held this bottle, you know, if a woman was holding this bottle, According to Sigmund Freud, it would be like, okay, she, she's thinking of a, of a penile masculine object that she wants to, in a very secretively, she wants to fondle. That would be a Freudian analysis. And it's That's crazy. Correct. He's and crazy. When you're smoking the cigar, when you're smoking the cigar, somebody asked him, so does your cigar mean you want to like, you know, have a penis in your mouth? Then Freud says, sometimes the cigar is just a cigar. And that's a, you know, very famous. Oh, quote by that's when we hear the line. Sure. You've heard the line? <laughs> but it, exactly. It's like, so it's like, you know, it's like no wonder therapy doesn't work. No wonder psychology doesn't work. It doesn't actually create happiness. It doesn't create happiness. It's just a study of something. It's just like moving poop around, but it doesn't get rid of poop. You know, there was, the, uh, then, there was, there was this one call where Gary says psychology as it was initially was the study of the mind. The, it was a quest. It was a seeking of the truth. That's how psychology emerged. But somewhere down the line, it became very application oriented. It became very study of the how rather than study of the what, study of the why. It suddenly started diluting itself and psychology became just study of, okay, people, this is how people behave. Rather than understanding yeah. something quintessentially that is true for the, you know, for the human personality, deeper, way deeper. Right, right. Did you know that Gary studied psychology for a while? Yes, 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 he, he did. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so you were telling about Sigmund Freud being a cocaine addict. Yeah, well, anyways, it just made me realize that each of you can create whatever the fuck you want to. Yep. <laughs> it's like this, it's, there's nothing particularly special about the, what he created was just his own choice and influence. And, and there's a great book called The True Believer that is uh, probably the best book on leadership ever written or one of the best books on leadership. I'll put it right away on the chat. Okay. Thanks. And it's about about how you can control a population. And it's like, you know, are, are people willing to, are people willing to be the leaders or do they fundamentally believe that they're the followers? That's a, that's, is that, is that a, is that an endless debate, so, Julia? It's just a different reality. Are people, are people actually willing to be leaders or people more driven to be followers? What do you think? I think it's just a choice. Just a choice. I mean, every, anybody can change on a dime and it's a good rule of thumb to never expect anybody to change. 
never expect anyone to change ever because you when somebody expects well let me just for all of those of you listening when somebody expects you to to do something do you want to do it or do you resist doing it you yeah. resist doing it we usually resist doing it yeah so it's like if you resist doing it then is that actually when you expect something of others why would you expect that they would do it when you resist doing it wow so every expectation is a way to set yourself up for disappointment expectation is a way we set ourselves up to disappointment yes but we like disappointment so it's a good plan so that we can blame the people for any reason it could be a number of reasons that could definitely be one of them wow you're the first person i've heard who just directly told me that we love to be disappointed we love disappointment yeah. so we set ourselves up to disappointment through expectations yes wow wow you know one of the things that i love about you julia is is the ease and the insignificance with which you are able to say stuff to say stuff without making it significant and i think that helps you change the money reality of people with the wedges that you throw one of the things that i love about you is is how you invite people to choose a way different financial reality and uh, like you know the class that that you did in india last year what would embarrass you into having money so this is for all those who don't know this is one of the specialty classes that julia offers the name of the class is what would embarrass you into having money which it guides you through amazing amazing insights on wealth that was the place where i learned about this concept of financial honoring right that's something that julia spoke about that was just simply brilliant and then there was another class called the sex you know is possible where julia busts all the myths around sex sexualness and sexuality which kind of brings us to a topic for the day for the book read called sexualness would you like to read the topic with us julia Yes, I don't have the copy of the embodiment book yeah, in Saudi Arabia though. It will appear but... on your screen right now. Can you see it? Oh, well that's very useful. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. You've got your shit going on. Okay. So here we go. Did you, did you like the segue that I did? I segued yeah. from the topic to money to sex and then brought it to the book club. <laughs> Very cool. So what is sexualness? Have you ever had a really good massage from somebody who really cared about your body? Most massage therapists do a massage by the numbers routine. These are definitely not nurturing and healing massages. They say I do three strokes here and three strokes here and I make sure to cover up the private parts because I don't want to get sued. I don't want <laughs> anybody to think I ever wanted to have sex in my life because they would sue me if they knew i ever thought the body was beautiful god forbid just about every massage therapist in the country is worried about being sued and has totally cut off his or her sexualness they even cut off their love of bodies which is the thing that got them started in the profession in the first place i used to do massage when i was working my way through school what <laughs> I don't remember that. This is Dr. Oh, Dane. that's Dane. Okay. This is Dane, Dane. <laughs> yes, that I did know. I was like thinking for a minute I was it was scary talking and I went, "Good god." Um, 
<laughs> I used to massage people and I would cover up their bodies just like I was supposed to, but I would see how beautiful their bodies were and I'd get turned on while I was doing the massage. Would I think we were going to have sex? No, but I'd allow my sexualness to totally be there, always. People have told me years later, I've had massages from 20 different people and without a doubt, you gave me the best massage I ever had. Man, he could be charging a lot for these now. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> what was the ingredient in my massages that nobody else had? It was sexualness. Sexualness is the honoring, the nurturing, the acknowledging, the caring, and the healing of the universe. It's the expansiveness and the creativity um, and the gratitude. All of those elements are embodied in sexualness. Turn the page, please, maestro. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so because i would allow my sexualness to be there my massage clients would tell me i gave them the most incredible massages they'd ever had embodying the sexualness of you one of the essential characteristics of embodiment is being the sexualness you truly are embodying the sexualness of you allows everything else in your life to show up one of the ways we easily experience our sexualness is when we're out in nature. We're out there in the fresh air and the sunlight with no other people around. We receive energy from the plants and the animals um, and the earth and everything else. We don't cut anything off. Doing this energizes the body. And if we're willing to truly receive the energy that's there, we might start to feel our body vibrate or become more alive. The same thing can happen when we go into the ocean, if we're willing to perceive it and receive it. We're willing to be total sexually, totally sexual with everything around us. We're in communion with everything. That's what the energy of sexualness feels like. We're in oneness with everything around us. Do we put up barriers to receiving anything? No. Do we see a yellowed leaf and say, what an ugly shade of yellow. I can't believe they left that yellow leaf here. Can somebody please clean that up? No, we don't judge anything. We don't have any reason to cut off our receiving. When you're experiencing this energy in nature, do you feel less sexual or more? More. I have a friend who used to say, I don't know what it is, but when I go camping, I masturbate the whole time. <laughs> Fair enough. You're out in nature and there's no one around to turn you on and you feel more sexual and turned on than you do in the city where you're surrounded by people. Isn't that interesting? All right. Cool. Awesome. So um, I don't know if we can read the whole chapter today, but yeah. maybe we'll, we can just stop it there. Sure. Anything, anything you wish to, anything you wish to share from this, any insights you want to, you know, talk to us about? No, I mean, sex is actually, I'm having a sex class coming up um, on April 16th. It's a, uh, it's a two day online class, two half days. It's kind of a one day class put into two half days. And it was supposed to be in India in uh, Delhi and it, uh, I'm not going to make it over there because of the virus. But um, so it's going to be online now. And it's like what I like exploring in these classes with people is like, what is their sexual reality that they may not realize is true for them? 
and is a kindness in the world. You know, we have so many things. Just, I loved how he described the, um, the, I love how he described the, the massage therapist. Cause we're all, we all kind of have cut off our sexualness in different ways. And the massage therapist is an example of that. And it's like, you know, the more sexual we become, the prettier we look, the more handsome we look, you know, the more feminine or masculine or just like lovely we are, we look because our bodies are happier, you know, being more sexual makes you prettier. Wow. <laughs> you know, it makes you younger. It makes you healthier. It's about the health of your body, not like boom, shukalaka, ya ya strippers and and prostitutes and stuff like that it's <laughs> it's just it's like this lovely pulse of the earth that our bodies are connected to and when we cut that off yeah we get old crusty decrepit and bored and when we allow that we're happy and pretty and bright and beautiful and wonderful whether you're fat or skinny or tall or short, you are an attractive, beautiful element because you're allowing yourself to be as sexual as you are. On that note, shall we do an energy pull to kind of like pull in the energy of sexualness in our body? Would you like to guide us through that? Sure, sure, sure. We'll do it. Well, let's do it. And it's, we're just going to do a little quick one here. Sure. Um, so, uh, so, um, we're actually going to do an energy push. You okay, don't want to yep. just do energy pulls. You actually want to push energy too. So we're going to, we're going to do something different here. We're going to do an energy push. Wow. This is the first time I'm hearing somebody say about an energy push. Yes. Oh, the kids are coming. They like the sexual energy. They're like, Ooh, what's that happy, flourishing, pretty energy. And the kids are coming into the room. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, so let's do an energy push. So, hi girls. Okay, so, so um, you guys can close your eyes. And pushing energy is how you invite the world to you. It's the gift that you are. And oftentimes we've been, you know, there's kind of conversations and access about how when you're pushing energy, you're being too pushy or things like that. But that's not actually the case. When you actually be you and you push energy, people are super grateful for your willingness to be present in their world. So, so get the energy of your being. And let me ask you, what are the energies of the future that you would like to have? Would you like to have, I mean, we can even talk about some of the energies that I talked about on this, the beginning of the Zoom. Remember, like, adding all of the wealth to your life, the people, the energies, the furniture, the clothing, the, the communion with the universe, the communion with the earth, you know, anything. It's like, what, what is one of the most beautiful things you currently have in your life? Or just pick anything that's wonderful and beautiful. Somebody who takes care of you, uh, a chandelier, a candlestick, uh, a conversation that you had with somebody that left you just so light. Get the energy of that. And now push that energy through the whole universe. 
push that any energy to anybody who may be looking for you. Push that energy into the world. Don't be afraid to be strong with it. It's almost like when everybody started doing the energy pulls, they stopped trusting their ability to push the energy of their being into the world. And that doesn't actually create. You have to push and pull and receive. But pushing your energy is giving of yourself. Great, now you can reverse the flow and pull energy through the whole universe, through the happiness, and through every pore of your body. And you can open your eyes. Oh, I have awesome. to say, this is one of the best energy pushes, energy flows I've ever done. Because by nature, I'm quite pushy, you know, I can get pushy, energetically speaking. And I was was made wrong for my pushiness. And therefore, I started pulling like a motherfucker. But now I'm able to push and pull. This feels good. Yes, yes. Because pushing has somehow been made wrong in access. And it's not wrong. It's creation. This was mind-blowing. This was brilliant. We loved the energy pull exercise, Julia. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank Thank you for having me on today. And thank you for each of those of you who are on here and, and being bold and courageous and choosing a different life during the coronavirus when everything's going nuts and mad. And, and, and thank you for the happiness that you are, whether you know you're happy or not, it doesn't matter. You are happiness. (laughs) I like that veggie. I like the veggie that you put <laughs> so subtly. <laughs> that was beautiful. So awesome. uh, right now, many, many people might be waiting to ask you questions. So how much time do you have for questions, Julia? So if you let us know, I will. Uh, I, I have to do a little preparation before my next call in 10 minutes. So I can take one question. <laughs> one question. So Anita Raman had already texted me uh, saying that, hey, I, need, I have a question for Julia. Can I please ask? So Anita, you can unmute yourself and you can ask Julia the question. Yeah. Hi, Julia. Thank you, Sanjeev. Hello, Anita. Thank you, Julia. Yeah. Uh, My question is, you said you make everything insignificant and you make it every, very, everything very easy. Can you just tell us that if I have already made something very significant, how would you handle that? Can you just ask a few questions? Have you ever heard of the book? Have you ever heard of the book, Anita, The Ten Keys to Freedom? I have one. You have one. Great. Um, and there's a chapter in there, and it's called No Form, No Structure, No Significance. Yeah. How many times have you read it? Mm, I just read once. Okay, cool. So, I am the excitement to read that chapter seven times more. Okay. 
And reading that chapter, it's not easy. It's an intense chapter. But if you really want to change the significance in your life, that's how you do it. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for all the energy that you brought in and you made our life, you know, much more easier. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for I'm the glad. energy push. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Awesome. I'm glad you're so welcome. And uh, thank you, Julia. Something, something that I really love about uh, Julia is her tenacity. So she comes and she will run that clearing statement all night, or she will read the chapter seven times, twenty times. How many times do you like? You, that's how you do it, right? That is something I really, really appreciate. Her willingness to use the tools. There's something that you can really take home from today. Take home this tenacity that Julia Beale, her commitment to her life is brilliant and uh, at the age of uh, well like at the age of like 27 28 she's already created millions of you know millions of dollars and there was a, I think there was a class right Julia what was that class like how I created X amount of money by age so and so I, yeah I think it was just a blog yeah yeah what, what was it yeah. again I, I I don't even remember. Okay. It was okay. something so about can... creating something by age 25. I don't remember the amount of money. If you go to my website, juliasotis.com, you guys can search through my blogs and find it in there somewhere. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so that right there is making things insignificant for you guys. <laughs> That's <an> insignificant. You freaking create $25 million and then you say, yeah, yeah, the blog is there somewhere on my website. Just like go and check it out, juliasotis.com. Awesome. High five for that, Julia. And hopefully, hopefully see you in India sometime soon. Or, uh, you know, hope, hopeful to see you once again on, on, on any of my calls sometime. Thank you so much for joining today. Thank you, everybody, for being here. You are lovely. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. And thank you, Sanjeev. I'm really grateful for you. Thank you, Julia. Thank you. That was fun. You're welcome. Thank, thank you. you. Okay, I will unmute you guys in case you want to give a loud shout out for uh, Julia. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you guys. For Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Bye. -bye. Thank you.